0: Hi, I'm Dan.
1: Hi, I'm Jenny.
0: And this is Rookie... Movie... Reviews. We are looking at the top 100 IMDb movies of all time, and we are summarizing them, and we are rating them, and we're talking about them. What we watch today? Or this week?
1: This week we watched Joker, a 2019 film based on that DC villain we all know and love to hate.
0: <laughs> Played by Joaquin Phoenix. And directed by Todd Phillips, better known for the Hangover movies. Fun fact.
1: What did you think of this movie?
0: I was super hyped for it based on the trailer. We saw it in theaters, which was uh, a good time. Love going to theaters. Hope to do it again one day. (laughs) Back in
1: 2019, it was a good time. Yeah. In 2020, it would be harrowing. And And in 2021, it'll still be harrowing.
0: Maybe by 2022, hopefully, (laughs) our favorite spots are still around.
1: Big. Yeah, big if.
0: Big if. But, yeah, Um, my opinion on this movie has gone down since uh, I first watched it. When you go to a theater and watch a movie, you're just swept up in it. You want to mm. like the movie because you're spending money on it. But I, I, it has fallen since. What do you think of the movie?
1: So I have similar thoughts and feelings. This movie got really overhyped, especially in like on the internet. And in certain circles, it was definitely an anti-society film. And that attracts a certain sect of people that I sometimes jive with, sometimes don't. And the predominant crowd that enjoyed this movie was the, I don't jive with that. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I think that's part of the reason that, (laughs) even though this is technically one of the top 100 movies of all time... It certainly would never crawl its way into my top 100.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, So the movie begins with the Joker, who is played by Arthur Fleck, or Arthur Fleck the Joker, played by Joaquin Phoenix. He's spinning a sign for some store, dressed up as a clown, and he gets a sign stolen from him, and he is chasing the kids who stole it. He's beat up, you know, kicked in an alleyway. And then after that, he goes to therapy and he is, he's revealed to be deeply disturbed in front of his therapist who uh, is kind of forthright about not being super invested in him. And then he is very quickly after this, sent. he's going back to his home and fantasizes about being on his talk show idol show you know he, he's watching Murray who's played by Robert De Niro and thinks he's just the the king of everything and then uh, snaps into an alternate reality where he is on the show and the full first ten or so minutes are just massively depressing uh, and kind of set the tone for the whole movie that this is not going to be fun you are going to be miserable and the movie is a dark miserable experience which is not bad in its own right but if you're not into that kind of movie uh then 100% not for you and it'll let you know right off the bat that it's not for you
1: not to say that we don't like darker movies
0: yeah for sure
1: that's not the reason we dislike joker
0: no no i'm i'm not saying like oh it's just sad it's sad all the time and i don't like it um I think there's points where this will become more obvious later on, but the movie takes itself way too seriously, in my opinion. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's a movie about Joker, who is a comic book villain, and it is acting like it's a very deep uh, character study on a real person or something. Like, There's one scene later on that to me seems like this is what joker should be like uh which we'll talk about it's one that you and i both like i know but uh it's the only scene in the movie like that and the rest is very dour very very serious including when you meet young bruce wayne it's like oh this is scary he's he's taunting batman you know like as a kid it's ridiculous in the first 15 minutes or all, get beat up, get belittled. I am having the worst day of my life every single day, you know? Which, again, as you say, is okay, but not here. Mm-hmm. He at one point gets a gun from a coworker.
1: Yeah, after he gets jumped, his co-worker tells him he'll give him a gun. Randall, the big one. And then when he gets home that night, when they're watching, when he's watching TV... He's fantasizing about standing up to people and he accidentally shoots the wall. And his mom asks, his, uh, so we don't really find out what exactly is wrong with the mom, but it seems she has trouble taking care of herself. Mm-hmm. So she and Arthur live in a decent sized apartment. Don't it's know how rich. they afforded it if they're both so destitute. Um,.
0: It's got the, the Seven problem, where everybody's right. destitute or on state aid or is an unemployed serial killer and lives in an apartment the size of a house in downtown New York, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, they do live, is it Harlem? In Seven? Uh No, in Joker.
0: They live in Gotham. Gotham City. Right. Yes. Uh,
1: My bad. I don't
0: know the... I was reading and it's filmed in New York, so I don't know what borough or neighborhood... Of Manhattan it's filmed in. But it's possible that there's some shooting in Harlem. It's like uh, all New York and New Jersey filming.
1: No, I just had the, the hilarious biggest brain fart that it's not actually New York. Wasn't Gotham based on Chicago?
0: Yeah. I, I always thought Metropolis was supposed to be New York and Gotham was Chicago. Mm. And then when you watch Dark Knight, it, which was filmed in Chicago, it just feels like that and i would say that joker feels like chicago to me more than new york with my very limited familiarity with either of those cities in any case some bizarre fictional metropolis that is very dirty and very gray and very rainy all the time that's another thing the movie's so oppressive uh with with its sadness the only light in the movie is like fires burning and Neon signs, which is really aggressive.
1: When when Arthur is going to Wayne Manor, when he takes the subway, there's a very nice fall shot.
0: Oh, yeah. And initially when he's early in, in the movie, he's leaning his head against uh, the train window and it's nice and golden, I guess. Yeah. But then he gets mocked for having a mental illness and viewed as a monster for laughing.
1: Yeah, I guess we should... A critic would be able to watch the weather patterns of the movie and pinpoint them to arthur's mood i assume nah. like holly berry in men in black 2 where when she cries it rains i don't think that's holly berry
0: but i don't know who's in men in black 2 uh I, that's still will smith tough. yeah that's still will smith and tommy lee jones yeah and then the villain is uh some woman i forget her name with snake uh fingers. venus Venus. Well, like the actress's name. Oh, yeah. I I
1: think. I think the. Villain's name is Venus. Um,
0: I'm your Venus. I'm your power. Beyond desire.
1: I'm your fire.
0: Oh, that rhymes with desire better than power. You should tell the original songwriters that so they fix the lyric. I'll
1: send them a note. Perfect. It's for sure not Holly Berry. Oh wait, this is the original. I'm on IMDb. Thanks IMDb. I'm on there right now. (laughs) So Arthur goes to a state-funded mental health institution. And he wants to know if his medication can be increased. And he's already on seven different medications. So this is just harp, calling back, jumping back a little bit. And we see his joke book. And he has some jokes in there. Like I just hope my death makes more sense than my life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and sense is spelled C E N T S. So I wonder if he's supposed to be not smart, or if it's uh, if it's a pun.
0: Just some commentary on how his life is worthless. So hopefully his death gets some value put back. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like equating life to monetary value. That's It's really deep, especially because the whole movie is about, well, the whole movie wants to be about classism and class warfare, but I have a major problem with how it introduces this concept, which uh, is brought about because Arthur gets a gun from his coworker and his next gig is at a children's hospital Mm -hmm. where he is... Dancing around like a clown, singing happy and you know it. And it seems like he does pretty good. You know, it seems like a good clown. The kids are into it. Yeah. Nurses are into it. He's friendly. But the gun falls out of his costume, picks it up, and we cut to him being fired over the phone by uh, his boss. Yeah. Obviously, you can't bring a gun to a kid's hospital. He gets fired to make sense. He is on his way home on a train after being fired when three business suit dress dudes who we learn work at Wayne Enterprises start harassing a woman on the train and Arthur's condition kicks in where he laughs but he can't help it so he's laughing really hard. And these three guys get bored of harassing this woman, come over to him, and of course start violently beating him up because Gotham is a cesspit and this movie wants you to know it. <laughs> And he ends up shooting two of them and murdering them with this gun. And then he chases the other guy down outside of the train and executes him cold-blooded right on the stairs. And I guess the first two, I'd argue, they got him on the ground. They're kicking him. I don't know the law. Dude, what? Well, like, it's self-defense firing at that point. I'm not saying it's right, you know, (laughs) but it makes more... in contrast to chasing a wounded person out of a train and shooting him in the back like three times, there's, there's a gulf. Because here's my view.
1: My view is that you shouldn't own a gun without proper gun ownership awareness.
0: Okay, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think that it would be the filmmaker's intention. I'm just going to guess at the filmmaker's intention to say, look, this guy who did nothing wrong and in fact is potentially a bit heroic because he pulled these dickish guys off of the woman who was just sitting there what
1: counterpoint so the woman's getting harassed and he gives her a sympathetic look but ultimately does nothing and it's because he's so uncomfortable in the situation that his condition acts up and he starts laughing so i don't think he was trying to pull the man off of the woman i don't think it's a heroic thing
0: I don't think he's trying to either. I'm just thinking like in terms of beats, like if you see, if, if someone does an action that leads towards a good outcome, at least on the screen, I think that kind of reads like his action caused her to quit being harassed, whether or not he intended it, and then he gets beat up for it. I think on like the very top level, it's a... Uh, it's kind of like, oh, look at Arthur, he's just trying to get by in life, and then these guys come and beat him up for no reason, you know? I'm not saying, like, if you really examine it, he's a really good, misunderstood guy. He's an evil dude, and he did not do anything actively to prevent it, but at the very top level, woman is getting harassed, Arthur makes a noise, distracts the men, and now he's the target, right? Right. Is that much agreeable or does it, am I still off? I,
1: I think your biggest misstep was calling it heroic. I think it's sympathetic.
0: Okay, that's a better word. Yeah, heroic would be very extreme, but he's sympathetic at this point to, to being victimized for no reason. So I think what the filmmaker's intention might be is he's sympathetic at this point and then it gets really violent where he shoots two of them uh, while he's on the ground being kicked and beat up, and you know the audience doesn't know how far they'll go, shoots two of them, and it's like, oh shit, things got out of hand, and then he chases the third out of the train and executes him. Then it's like, oh, things went from out of hand to way too far, where this he was clearly chasing the kill. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think that's accurate.
0: Nice. Then we get to see him dance in a. Uh, subway he freaks out runs and the dance scene is really cool it's one of those scenes in the movie where Joaquin does his thing kind of and we get to see Joaquin act which are my favorite parts of the movie
1: yeah the dancing scene I think this is what you were calling out as a real joker-esque action Mm -hmm. because he's just committed three murders and he goes into the bathroom and celebrates how it felt to do that
0: Mm mm-hmm and the music is also very good. It's just a super, I guess it's a cello or a bass or something. This super heavy string music, yeah. really dramatic. The movie's for as grim and dingy as it is. It's well shot, in my opinion. You get interesting angles, good, good blocking or whatever the term would be for him moving around the bathroom and all that.
1: Choreography. It, yeah, yeah,
0: it's good to. Good to watch visually. It's a visually interesting at the very least.
1: Also very disturbing.
0: Yeah. Really dark. The blood and...
1: What's... uh, Sorry. A bunch of memes ended up getting made out of that scene. Yeah. And you drop a glass of water. Yeah. And, and then you <laughs> just start dancing like that.
0: Slow dancing in the bathroom. Because <laughs> you're tragedy. having a...
1: It's a mental break. Yeah. But instead of spiraling down externally I guess he is uplifted these murders have awoken something in him at 40 how old is he
0: I think he's I don't know I think 40 is a good guess mid mid 30s he's not a young he's not a young joker but he's not aged
1: yeah uh, Joaquin does such a good job
0: yeah his acting is phenomenal When he has his laughing fits, when he seems frustrated, when he's in his apartment fantasizing about being approached while dancing and then shooting someone. Yeah. Those are all so creepy and so well acted. It's also in the span of scenes before he shoots these guys that he meets his neighbor, Sophie, who is a young woman, mother of one, single mother. um, And he develops a crush on her
1: and that actress is um played by uh Zazie Beetz who is in i might be saying it wrong i'm sorry uh Z A Z I E that's just how it, i would say it um I would agree plays a mom also in Atlanta which is a fantastic series yeah by Childish Gambino Donald Glover super good she's good in that too I like her a lot in Joker. She's a very human person. Tangible. Another, they make Joker seem pretty human in this too. Because he's a guy who has an aspiring stand-up career. He's not very good at it, but he keeps trying. And he's kind of an outcast and a misfit. And he wants to, you know, get a job, provide for his mom. Because she's too sick to even bathe herself. It seems can't even get up and go to bed by her own self, but Arthur's trying to take care of her and trying to succeed a little bit, but he's not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a very extreme version of the American struggle, but certainly out there for some. And though, I th- oh, though what? Don't be a stand-up comedian at that point.
0: Yeah, the next scene is when he goes to do stand-up. And he invites Sophie to watch him perform stand-up. Yeah, and his jokes are, you know, really bad. No one laughs, but he laughs because of his condition. Mm-hmm. And after, and it's it's just, I don't. I think Joaquin does a really good job, and I think all the benefits the movie has are directly tied to Joaquin being able to portray like this guy has been shut out his whole life, and you can see that in the way he acts and he has a kind of a deep-seated resentment for the caretaker role that he's been forced into and you that's not really in the words at all because the words are just saying I take care of my mother and I'm a, a good son to my mother and all that but when he acts him you can tell that it's part of like he's built this up to be I'm a good person because of that and it just seems as though there's like, uh, a bit of an anger about the whole thing too, which yeah, is all I would tied. Agree. To,
1: Especially like with the mail. Yeah, and the mail ends up being the real tipping point. Anyway, mm-hmm. just he gets seems he seems really frustrated. Like better remember to check the mail. Time mm-hmm. to bring out the mail.
0: Yeah, and the reason the mail is so important to the mother is because she uh, had an affair she claims with Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's dad, uh, back in the day. Who's and, Bruce Wayne? Oh, don't you know? It's Batman. What? Yes, his secret's out. Arthur Fleck's mother claims that Thomas Wayne is a good man and they had an affair and she's kind of waiting on Thomas Wayne to write back the letters that she has been sending him and offer assistance and help them or whatever. Obviously in denial, obviously has a mental illness of herself, of her own, uh, similar to her son, Arthur. After this stand-up bit we see a successful date between sophie and um, arthur arthur yeah which is a little midpoint thing this this actually leads into the explosion uh, around the mail so they they have their little date he comes back in high spirits dances with his mom to the end of murray uh puts her to bed and she hands him a letter and says please mail this and for some reason I thought it was going to reveal that the mail never came back from Thomas because Arthur was never sending it. But this time he decides, I'm going to take a peek at this mail, which means to me he must have been sending it the whole time. So for some reason he's been sending it every single time. I think it would have been a neat detail for him to have not been doing so. And in this letter, his mother Penny alleges that Thomas Wayne is Arthur Fleck's dad a love affair and Thomas Wayne covered it up and she signed stuff to never talk about it and this causes a complete freakout from Arthur understandably so um, it is at this point that Arthur and his mom are yelling at one another how he's acting like he's not mad but you can tell he's pissed and he gosh what he he leaves the apartment for some reason but I forget what
1: He's, he's mad that she was not, like he never, she never told him and he was mad she never told him. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to Wayne Manor to try to talk to Bruce, not Bruce, Bruce's dad, Thomas.
0: (laughs) Okay, there's another inconsistency. They have a big old argument in the apartment and it's nighttime. And then I guess he, well, I guess he would just have to go to bed and wait, you know, to sit there pissed all night. Because it's daytime at Wayne Manor, I recall. So not so much an inconsistency. I retract my, my jab. I retract my jab at the movie. The
1: sun goes down. The sun comes
0: up. <laughs> Can't explain that. Inconceivable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to Wayne Manor. And there's a very creepy scene. because Because Bruce is at the front gate. And Arthur goes to talk to him. And... For some reason, calls him over to show him a magic trick. I, well, probably because he works with children. And then he puts his fingers in Bruce Wayne's mouth to make him smile. And that alone should have gotten him fired from the children's hospital. How <laughs> many How many mouths did his fingers go in?
0: To make him smile.
1: Gross. And then Albert comes to Bruce's rescue. So...
0: That was... Uh, this is probably going to be nitpicky, but in... Movies like Dark Knight, Alfred comes around and says, hey, this reminds me. There's a story in Dark Knight where he says, oh, we were a unit chasing a jewel thief in the Congo. And we tracked him down and he burned the whole thing down. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a big speech from Dark Knight. So Alfred is no weakling. No. You know, he's he's been in the military and he's, he's very serious. And when he gets in between... Bruce Wayne, the child, and Alfred, uh, or Arthur Fleck, Joker. Arthur just, like, grabs him and starts choking him through the fence at a weird angle. Obviously, they could just have a different interpretation of Alfred, but the Alfred I know could easily break that chokehold, get out of there, no problem. Instead, it's basically his life is spared by Arthur deciding to run off and not choke him, you know. It, It annoys me that a character so established to be... A badass who's still relatively young gets beat up by very well-established, hyper-gangly Joaquin Phoenix uh, with no effort. And also this whole scene just feels like they wanted to do the Joker IP and then the producer or whatever was like, well, you got to have Batman in there. And Todd Phillips is like, I don't want it to be like a Batman thing. like, put the Waynes in and he's like, okay, I'll have him go to the manor because he sneaks up. On Thomas Wayne at a completely different locale, anyhow. And still gets his conversation. Yeah. So it's like, why go stick your fingers in a kid's mouth?
1: Well, I mean, what do you do on Saturday night? (laughs) (laughs) Between confronting Thomas, Arthur gets visited by two police officers who think he has a connection to the murders because they know the murderer was in a clown mask, and apparently there's only one clown agency in
0: Gotham City. <laughs> yep. Another massive weak point of the movie. Important plot point, uh, they approach him at the hospital because his mother had a stroke and had to go to the hospital, which he learns when he's coming back from Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. It goes like, Wayne Manor, and he's walking up to his apartment. At the moment, his mom is being brought out of the apartment on a stretcher. Had a stroke? Hospitalized?
1: Yes. He also gets told by Thomas Wayne that Penny adopted him so it's impossible for Arthur to be Thomas and Penny's love child. And then Arthur goes to see his mom. Or, sorry, he doesn't go to see his mom. He goes to see the file on his mom because he knows for some reason she was... How does he know... How does Arthur know that Penny was at the asylum?
0: Well... Uh, I think what goes down is that he's at the hospital and uh, while he's at the hospital, this is just a a minor thing. He's watching Murray and Murray makes fun of him with a clip on his show Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that ruins his day. And then I believe he goes to the event that Thomas Wayne is throwing where they're watching Modern Times and confronts him in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And Thomas Wayne says no she was adopted she was locked up she had to go to this institution okay. yeah. and then he gets clocked in the face by Thomas Wayne which is just crazy like they're talking in the bathroom he says I'm your son he's clearly a mentally ill person and Thomas Wayne gets mad and just punches him in the face like this movie is so over the top At people hating Arthur and yeah he's off-putting and it would probably be a little freaky to be confronted in the bathroom by someone Who's and, demanding a hug. Yeah, he's like, I'm York, How about a hug,
1: Dad? Yeah, he
0: doesn't make a move. He's just Love like, ah, I, I hate you. And Thomas Wayne's like, yeah, check this out. F- full force clock to the face. Well,
1: he also knows that Arthur put his fingers in his son's mouth.
0: So why not lead with being aggressive, you know? He's like, I'll compose myself uh, knowing you stuck your fingers in my kid's mouth. And yeah. also, this is the third time that Arthur has just been attacked I don't know. Like Gotham City sucks. And I was talking to someone about this. Um, they say, well, Gotham City is kind of supposed to suck. Like, that's why they need someone like Batman, like something insane. Because it's supposed to be hyper hell city, just dangerous and crime ridden. And it kind of makes sense that everyone's walking around just beating people up. Like that movie Hobo with a Shotgun, you know, where it's just an apocalyptic nightmare. But, uh, yeah, so then he goes to get those files because Thomas Wayne told him to.
1: And the clerk at the state hospital is also from Atlanta. Yeah. He's the rapper. Paperboy. Paperboy.
0: All about that paperboy.
1: So watch Atlanta is the best takeaway from this movie. Mm -hmm. So uh, Arthur pulls a sneaky. And ends up getting the bottle. (laughs) It
0: is not sneaky. (laughs) He quickly grabs the paper through the slot. And they get in an argument. Sneakily.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he finds out that Penny, his mom, actually tied him to a radiator and let her boyfriend grape him for days and days.
0: Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) The grapist. He's
1: wearing purple. He's asking for it.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. Um, Yeah, he sees the truth. Although his mother claimed that Thomas Wayne used his influence to have those falsified to exonerate him of any guilt or whatever. So I guess... For as dumb of a plot point as I think it is to make Joker and Bruce Wayne maybe brothers. (laughs) uh, They do a good job of making it unclear. They have justifiable reasons for it to be unclear. Rather than just like, we lost those records in a mysterious fire, you know. Something like that would have been dumb.
1: Thomas is pretty old to not have a kid before Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. That's Not true. to say it's wrong to have a kid late in life.
0: Maybe he follows the same uh, playboy lifestyle that uh, Bruce did up until his later years. That's true. That Bruce does.
1: So is it impossible to think Thomas might have created an illegitimate child? No. it's just. But most oof. of the movie is life within Arthur's head. Mm-hmm. There's so many twists in this movie. So he finds out about his crappy mom and he kills her.
0: Yeah, in a hospital bed, which attracts no orderlies whatsoever. <laughs> chokes her with a pillow.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is crazy brutal. But, but also, forgot, oh, what?
1: Before he kills his mom, he goes back to the apartment.
0: Oh. The
1: apartment complex. And he goes to his girlfriend's house. And she comes in and she is scared that he's there. And when we first saw this movie, I was like, "Oh no, because Arthur imagined their whole relationship and then he kills her, and presumably it's, yeah. yeah, it's implied that he killed her. he also killed her little girl,
0: yeah, that's um something so they have this cool reveal where she opens the door and says, "You're Arthur right. this isn't your apartment. you need to go and immediately the audience is like, "Oh shit, he imagined it, yeah." and then the movie has a montage of every single scene that they were in together and shows them together and then it cuts to him being alone and together alone together alone every scene that they were together and it's so eye-rollingly annoying because it's like yeah man we get it just it was well written the reveal and then they're like oh people might not get it and on top of that when he leaves the apartment you really just have to assume oh the woman and her daughter are dead And to compare it to a scene that does it very well uh, in No Country for Old Men, when Anton Chigurh leaves the house and checks the bottom of his shoes, then you're like, oh, that is a great way of implying it without having to show it. This is just like, he'll leave, I don't know. Poorly handled reveal and aftermath, in my opinion.
1: Okay, I'd agree. Then he goes back to the hospital and kills his mom. And shortly after he kills his mom, he gets a call. He's been invited to the Murray Show because of the popularity of his flop, his yeah. comedy flop. So he says, "Yeah, I want that. Give me the gabagool." <laughs> and <laughs> then there's the scene where he's painting his face white, which is pretty creepy. Yeah,
0: they. Because he licks the brush. He licks the brush. He's getting ready for his performance and. This is very good because he gets interrupted. Yeah. So his face is just painted stark white, uh, for a significant runtime, mm-hmm. and it's, it's oh god, he Joaquin Phoenix can move his body in such unnatural ways, and the way he was like angled down looking up, it was such a demonic angle. It looked like a like a conjuring ghost or something almost. It's, yeah. Uh, really, really good, and. This next scene is actually what I was referring to with the most Joker villain type. Mm, okay. Because his two old co-workers show up.
1: Randall and Gary.
0: Gary. Uh, Randall and Gary. So they come in and Randall is basically saying like, hey, those murders and I just want to make sure we're good about the gun. Yeah. And Gary is obviously very spooked because he's got a white face and is acting very bizarre.
1: There's... Uh, they ask was your face white did you get a gig he says no my mom died I'm celebrating
0: so it's very funny and then Joaquin Joker Arthur stabs Randall in the neck and bashes his head against the wall blood is going everywhere Gary's in the background freaking out in a very as you said at the time realistic way when watching the scene it's like This seems like how it would go down. You know, sometimes you see a murder and it's like, oh yeah, a clean Hollywood murder. This is really brutal and dirty and hectic. And Gary is terrified and wants to leave. And Arthur just says, oh, you can go. You were the only one that was ever nice to me. See you around, Gary. Mm -hmm. He's calm, covered in blood, eviscerated body. And I love this scene uh, for all of its goriness and freakiness. Because this seems like something that... The villain of Joker would actually do, you know, the murders earlier where he shoots and then chases and executes or kills a woman and her daughter just because she didn't actually like him. Those were freaky, vengeful, dark murders. And this was a funny scene (laughs) that was hyper violent. And I think Joker is all about, I want to make jokes. I want to be funny. Yeah. And this is that right kind of fucked up. Funny for the character, yeah. And it really bummed me out that more of the movie wasn't like this. Most of the movie was just disturbed man murders, and this was Joker murders, you know.
1: Especially since when he tells Gary, "You can go," he gives him a bit of a scare by screaming at him and pretending to try to grab him when he's escaping. (laughs) Yeah. And then Gary's too short to reach the chain to leave because Arthur locked them in with him and <laughs> Arthur gets up to unlock it for him and he takes Gary and he kisses him on the head and <laughs> he says, skedaddle.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just so fucked up. He's so in control at that point. Oh, one scene that we kind of went over that I thought was another cool walking doing his thing moment mm-hmm. was the fridge. Uh, this scene has birthed a lot of annoying conspiracy theories of, oh, he died in there. Because after he kills his mom, he comes back to the apartment and just starts pulling everything out of his fridge and throwing it on the floor just very lazily and kind of in a fugue state kind of thing almost. And then hops in the fridge and shuts the door. And then we cut to him lying on his bed in the next scene when he gets a call from the Murray show. Mm -hmm. But that was one thing that was just so bizarre and unexpected and uh, creepy.
1: Grief does weird things.
0: Yeah. Yes. like Especially with a character like this, just established to be so unpredictable, you know?
1: I bet I could get in our fridge.
0: I could get in our fridge, yeah. We could take everything out, give it a shot.
1: And then we can try getting out of the fridge.
0: Yeah. The one thing, because apparently the scene was improvised, the fridge scene. <laughs> so it was improvised. He was supposed to just stand in the kitchen and like, be sad in a blue light. And then he opened the fridge and started doing that shit. Uh, the fridge was one of those designs where it latches on the outside and the mm. handle you have to open. So if you ask me, he just wanted to do this acting and didn't consider the type of fridge. And everyone on the internet is like, you can't open that from the inside. He's dead in there. It was a cool scene as all.
1: Well, they're so poor. Maybe their fridge is broken and it didn't latch.
0: Hey, counter tinfoil right there. <laughs> Next time I... See it come up on Reddit, I'll be like, actually my <laughs>
1: Actually. <laughs>
0: actually
1: So after the murder, he Arthur goes throughout the city and he runs he does the dancing on the stairs scene. Which is great. It's that's a very good yes.
0: Cause it's uh it's set to that song that goes uh Wham, well, wham, well, well, Hey, <laughs> and that's such a catchy song. Yeah. And he's, you know, his dancing is great and creative, and yeah, it's just a cool scene. He's in his full makeup with the slick back, green hair, and the, you know, blue triangles and all that you see on the poster cover. He's he's arrived, you know, at this point. So, cool scene.
1: And then the detectives try to chase him down. And nobody slips on the stairs, which I think is bullshit, because you shouldn't go downstairs that fast. That's dangerous. Don't do that. They're too
0: wet too. They're wet stairs.
1: <laughs> Irresponsible. <laughs> and he gets onto the train, and it's filled with a bunch of clown protesters because people have seen the murders against uh, the murders of the Wayne bank men, <laughs> financiers, <laughs> as a act of socio terrorism. So, class warfare, and people are like, hell yeah, it's time to eat the rich. And rich. that's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> yeah, a Great message, but <laughs> so contrived. and I yeah. hate this because when you see the murders, we get to see the murder firsthand. Mm-hmm. Some guy in a clown costume. And then there's precisely one witness, the woman who is being harassed, who leaves the train. And then he murders these people. And I did not see anyone in the subway, a completely barren subway, when he does it. And then he runs off and dances around a bathroom. And then even earlier than this in the movie, before they get on the train, it's like, oh, there's an uprising. They're using a clown mask because a clown killed those bankers to send a message. Which evolves into this full-blown Burn Gotham riot. Which is, I get that one act of defiance with something as symbolic or iconic as a clown mask I can see that turning into a thing if there were a lot of witnesses but this was just one random murder in a very very three random murders in a very well established to be horrifically violent city you're telling me that three bankers dying and someone maybe seeing a clown running a block away is like oh this is a meaningful murder
1: if they knew he killed a single mom and her kid, they probably wouldn't be so gung-ho.
0: Yeah, they'd drop that icon right away.
1: Goodbye. Yeah. That's why it's a good thing the Joker doesn't have a Twitter. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that whole, whole concept of every citizen of Gotham wearing masks and riding in the streets off of three murders in Murder Capital, USA, is uh, pretty convenient to me. Pretty dumb. Because when we first saw this movie, I thought that it would be pretty simple to have all this stuff of him, like, slowly getting a call. And there's scenes where he just kind of walks around and looks out the window and shit. Like, cut those and use it to establish time where he's killing people at random because he's discovered that he likes it. And I'd be okay with the convenience that it just so happens they all happen to be upper crust people. And he eventually starts making it seem like a trend when really he's just uh, running around killing people randomly like the Joker would. You know, Joker's an agent of chaos and all that shit. And if people want to be like, oh, they're, he's sending a message and he's like, oh, I didn't mean to, but here I am. That'd be cool. But that is not what happens. He just kills three guys and starts a movement and then ends up on Murray. That's my rant. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just get heated. <laughs> Got get heated about that particular aspect
1: so back on murray arthur has arrived and before the show starts he asks that he gets introduced as joker because they called him a joker on the show when they were making fun of him and he walks out to the name joker and he sits he gives a big too long of a kiss to an old woman (laughs) very no thank you that was probably his first kiss Gross. Gross of him, not of her. That woman was a victim. Yucky man. (laughs) So he sits and he tells some dark jokes. Knock, knock. Your son committed suicide. And he says, I did it. I killed those men. And then he complains about society and how it doesn't take care of the mentally ill. Which is true. Mm. I'm here for it. And he is pissed because Robert De Niro made fun of him on the previous show about him flopping at the comedy. I just realized it's 1981.
0: Yeah.
1: How how do you get that video? Nobody recorded it on my phone.
0: Maybe someone was recording at the comedy club and thought, what a riot, I'm going to send it to Murray. You
1: fucking had to go down to Walgreens, <laughs> get a copy of the VHS.
0: Put in a mail slip. Ugh. Leave it on the steps of City Hall and say,
1: here it is. It's the truth. (laughs) Took three to five business days to get there. It probably wasn't the next show at all. I bet it was a couple weeks later. Yeah. To fit in that segment.
0: Man, 1981. What a (laughs) (laughs) shithole.
1: Okay, so (laughs) Arthur is very upset. And he shoots Murray straight up in the face. Mm. And he kills him. And he gets arrested for doing that, and the riots are going on, and as the cops are trying to take him away, a rioter hits the car, and the the, the cop car, and it, it, presumably the cops are dead, and <laughs> it's really dumb, but two rioters come to the window, and they're like pointing in at Arthur, and he gets hauled out.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like just... Jesus, he's laid on the yeah, hood, exactly. arms spread like Jesus. Yeah,
1: no, thank you. And we also get to see the murder of the Wayne family. Mm-hmm. Iconic pearls of Akimbo, Akimbo. As, does, that, does that make sense for anything besides arms? I'm Akimboing the, my arms right now.
0: The pearls are, the pearls are askanced. They're skewed.
1: They're draxed, sconced.
0: The pearls go flying from the lady's neck. And it's funny because in comics and stuff, it's always so iconic how in the struggle to protect Wayne, Martha Wayne gets her pearls ripped off and Mm -hmm. it's always a drawing of the pearls flying. Yep. But in this one, uh, the guy shoots Thomas and then, if I recall, shoots Martha. And as she's like, oh, I've been shot, he runs up and just rips the the pearls. Just like, gah, because they gotta go, but looks dumb on screen. Yeah. But then he, uh, Joker rises to everyone cheering him, which is a little ridiculous. All these people know that he just murdered this guy on live TV and are totally stoked. You know, I I don't have strong feelings about Jay Leno. I would say even maybe I don't like the Jay Leno show when it was airing. Wow. But if he was murdered on live TV... I'd be horrified of whoever did that yeah. and trying to get away from the murderer. But all these people are like, fuck yeah, I love it. And then the movie ends with him being cheered as a hero.
1: Yeah, and then the it's not really post-credit, but sometime after he's been locked up again. So now he's with a new therapist, and he still hates society. Yeah. <laughs> and... He uh, leaves the room with a trail of bloody footprints behind him, mm-hmm. and we see him getting a little chased. There's a little Betty Hill playing at the very end of the movie because it's a zany scene where the guards are trying to catch him before he can kill again. Yeah, <laughs> and that's Jokerish.
0: Yeah, I I'm, I hate the ending <laughs> because they had an opportunity for two really great endings. And they just kept going. Mm-hmm. So the first ending could have been him standing on top of the cop car. Yeah, He had just painted a smile and blood on his face and was being cheered. Pretty strong image to end on. Yeah. And then it cuts to him in, uh, I believe it's Arkham Asylum, where he's sitting there smoking, laughing to himself. And the woman says, what's so funny? And he says, you wouldn't get it. And that would have been great to cut to black too. Like, whoa, shit, he's laughing about some evil stuff now. This is the Joker. But rather than that, it ends on him walking out with bloody footprints, which is the the weakest of the three possible endings.
1: I think it's the same person who decided to do the shots of Sophie disappearing that said he's got to have some bloody footprints outside of that hospital door.
0: Yeah, if we don't show him leaving or being chased, then people might think he's just locked up forever. You know?
1: And we all know that Joker keeps escaping. It's yeah. his whole bag. Also, he's gonna be fucking eighty by the time Bruce Wayne is ready to kick his ass.
0: Yeah, that's what. That's another thing that gets me so like disappointed about the movie because Todd Phillips in interviews said that he said it in nineteen eighty one because he wanted it to be so far before all the main canon stuff because he wanted nothing to do with the DC extended universe, mm. which is you know all of Ben Affleck's movies and everything. Okay. But then it's like, well, you make a Joker movie, you have to include Bruce Wayne for it to be Joker, otherwise, it's just some random homicidal maniac. And then the fact that this is, uh, he's 40 when Bruce Wayne is a child means, as you say, he's going to be an 80 year old guy.
1: Maybe. 60, 70. Yeah,
0: he's going to, it's going to be no competition for (laughs) for Batman. Kick
1: this old man's ass. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm going to
1: train as a Shaolin warrior (laughs) for 30
0: years. (laughs) So that just has to mean that I've heard it said uh, by friends of mine and on forums. That's like, oh, that's not the Joker that you know from the comics, but the Joker was inspired by him. So it's like, okay, so it's not Joker at all. It is just some homicidal maniac. So we did just watch a movie of some guy get abused by society for uh, two and a half hours and then at the end looked like Joker. And uh, it's just kind of like, what the fuck?
1: We live in a society and this is just some guy who is a victim of it.
0: all All the Batman stuff in this movie sucked and was lame. Just felt like it had to be there so they could call it Joker.
1: Yeah, as a I'm not even a comic book nerd, but I wonder how they feel about this rendition.
0: Yeah, me neither. I I don't know, man. I, I think the public opinion because people are like, oh, this is gonna incite violence and stuff.
1: No, come on, that's yeah. like saying video games make you violent.
0: Yeah, and it's it was just all a just pre movie.
1: I, If we got enough anti-rich propaganda, maybe we'd see some blood in the streets.
0: <laughs> yeah. And this is some anti-rich propaganda, but it just...
1: Doesn't land.
0: Doesn't land. Didn't, didn't fire it. me up. Yeah, all the class commentary is lame because it's just... It literally feels like... Uh, I don't know, man. it It feels like it's written from someone who's like, I want to point out how... Poor people are used and taken advantage of by rich people. And I'm going to do that through like showing rich people literally curb stomp a poor person however they please, you know? And it, it just has no tact or subtlety, mm-hmm. I guess, at all. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I really don't like the movie. I think all the messages it tries to send are super heavy-handed. And the best part is Joaquin Phoenix. Certainly. Did you have any other closing thoughts? Or should we put a rating on this puppy and call it?
1: I'm glad this movie came out before all of the riots around George Floyd. Because there would have been a lot of right-wing bullshit stemming from it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been delayed or something.
1: Oh, I bet. Like, they delayed a lot of stuff after
0: Mm 9-11. Unfortunately, they still put out that Robert Pattinson movie eventually. (laughs) Oh, I guess they had to. (laughs) Yeah, they delayed that movie because of 9-11. That movie is about (laughs)
1: 9-11. Robert Pattinson would have been like six.
0: Like, oh, fuck, this is too prophetic. People aren't ready. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll wait 12 years. <laughs> uh, okay, you want to write this thing on three? Sure. One, two, three, five. Five. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> was that, did I count too fast?
1: <laughs> five. I was going to give it a six, but I'll come down to five. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, I would have known you were going to give it a six and this would be a five and a half. But now it's a five. <laughs> yeah.
1: <it's>... Alright. <laughs> Pugsley, what do you rate it? That's cabbage.
0: I sound <laughs> If you like... Joaquin Phoenix, Mm -hmm. then watch the movie because he acts really well in this movie. He won Best Actor for Pete's sake. Yep. Which was deserved.
1: Yes, he is Best Actor.
0: Uh, Everything else is, like, okay. Yeah. It's not actively bad. It's really annoying.
1: Some rewrites, some edits. Could have had a real zinger.
0: Just a little polishing, a little more time in the oven. Mm Mm-hmm. A little more turns around the carousel.
1: But they had to get it out because the comic book hype is slowly dying. Yep. Because all of the Marvel ones are out. All the good Marvel ones are out. We're still getting TV shows.
0: Hey, we don't know the quality of the upcoming movies. You know, could be even better.
1: Core MCU. I'm not a hype on Guardians of the Galaxy anymore. No. I want another one, but... I don't know. Yeah. They it seems like they're dragging them out to get more sequels. Hot take Hot Take on Disney. <laughs> Is it No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, alright. F- five out of ten, wop wop. Definitely not top one hundred. So uh I guess this means I like it more than Clockwork Orange.
1: I would watch Joker again before I watch Clockwork Orange again. Clockwork Orange is such a take on humanity that it gives me a gut ache.
0: Yeah, I I guess it's um, my point about this against Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange is just so much un, more unforgiving. Yeah. And this has two scenes that are brutal. Meanwhile, the entire runtime of Clockwork Orange is brutal it's just
1: it certainly does more to glorify violence
0: Mm -hmm. Though it doesn't yeah yeah i agree
1: because alex gets some real consequences at the end of clockwork orange and nobody feels good about any of those crimes
0: yep and this one is the consequences are i'm a hero people love me i'm a i'm an icon of the of the underpaid and underrepresented what are you doing todd phillips yeah,
1: we're cool all right well tweeted at us at rmr underscore podcast on twitter we have instagram um rookie movie reviews rookie movie reviews on facebook and you can contact us at rookie movie reviews
0: perfect thanks for listening
1: if you listened okay bye